Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. Ooh, and it's that time of year again. Christmas? <laughs> I, don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> we were I guess every, every, it's a cycle, so it's often that time of yeah, year again. It, it's literally always that time of the year again, if just uh, what you are referring to is a different right. time. It's the nature of time itself, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, the nature of time is uh, absolutely always here again. <laughs> Well, now that, you're, now that we got you ruminating on that, uh, welcome to Ruined, our podcast where we ruin a, a different horror movie every week. I love horror movies. And I absolutely hate them, but demand that Hallie tell me all the gory details so that I can find it all out without ever having to watch one. And this week, we are using our unholy union to spoil a, a festive romp, <laughs> festive holiday romp that I had long been interested in seeing. And then, of course, is the movie Krampus. Mm, a romp. Yeah, it definitely seems like a romp. And now we had Allison watch the Krampus trailer. Allison, what were your thoughts? I mean, I, like this falls into the category of films that we talk about where I'm like, I feel like based on that trailer, like maybe there's a world where I could see this mm-hmm. because there is a lot of non-horror stuff going on that feels fun. Like Adam Scott, David Koechner. Like you, you've got some comedy and Allison, our leading lady, did you see who it was? Oh, yes. One of my absolute favorite people on earth, Tony Collette. It is Hereditary Star. I know. But like, I like her Robbed from the of US Oscar of for Hereditary, and she is back in Krampus. She is. Was this after Hereditary? Um, I think so. Let me see. I'm opening up a big, dusty book made out of human skin to look up. I'm imagining that you have the printed copy of IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's printed on like it's like a Necronomicon. <laughs> yeah, that is that is what you use. Is that what you use? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just keep um, using a web browser, but maybe I should shift. Now this came out. Okay, so Canvas came out in 2015. This is before Hereditary. Okay, so this is kind of a a, a run up to Hereditary. Right. Um, it's also got David Keckner, super funny. Love him. Um, and it's from director Michael Doherty. He did um, Trick or Treat. Um, right, so he likes a holiday film. Yeah, he's he's got a ton of credits. Uh, he did X-Men Apocalypse, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's doing the new Hellraiser show. Maybe oh. we should maybe we should um Good visit that for the pod. We have yet to do Hellraiser, so obviously yes, we'll have to we do a movie. We absolutely need to do that movie. So uh add it to the list. We had Allison uh watch the trailer, and now we're gonna take a baseline scary. Now, mm-hmm. Allison, mm-hmm. for a baseline, how scary do you find the concept of Krampus? Which is, of course, the horned anthropomorphic figure described as a half goat, half demon, who during the Christmas season punishes children who have misbehaved. I, you know, I grew up. Uh, my my mom is Jewish. My dad is not. We did kind of a blended, you know, just a very like only child who gets a lot of presents nightmare, but uh, mm-hmm. not really tied to either uh, holiday. Uh, so general Christmas folklore doesn't really hit me at all. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But this is fun in that I like when children have consequences. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, a good point. Yeah. Are, uh, children run around with kind of unchecked uh, privilege, and maybe it's time that they start getting punished for it. So that they sounds... need to check themselves. And if they can't, Krampus will arrive to do it for yeah. you. Yeah, the, the goat element, uh, a twist? Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, and I guess it's they think it has pre-Christian origins. and. Yeah. In traditional parades um, and, and in such events as the Krampuslauf, the Krampus mm-hmm. run. This young, is all very German, yes? Yes, yeah. It's Eastern yeah. European. Um, they say it's in Austri- Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Hungary, Northern Italy, and Trentino. 
and Slovenia. So it yeah. actually doesn't say German, but I, I got to mention it's the other probably, Eastern, it's the, you know, the, the Dracula countries. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, that, yeah, it does, it does conjure the idea of like a, a, a beautiful haunted castle and it's yeah. like falling apart in like a, a mountain, a yes, forested mountain. Yes, 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 outside of a small town. Yeah, this all, I mean, I find it scary to think about. I don't find it scary in the way that other things mm-hmm. we have discussed, even like other mythologies, I think are scarier than this one for me. Yeah, I do think that there is something in the nature of humanity, if I might go so wide. Oh, please. Is that we really do like something where it's like, a, it's fun, but there's also a scary element. And Christmas is, at least in America, so over-the-top, saccharine, sweet. Mm-hmm. It's all sweetness, which, I let me tell you, this year I'm really looking forward to that, you know? Yeah, I think we need that this year. But there is the flip side of it where it's like you like the idea of like there are consequences for being a bad boy and a bad girl and it's not mm-hmm. just coal. It is uh, the horned god of the witches coming down <laughs> and punishing you. Yeah, so I, obviously it's a compelling figure. Will it be a compelling film? Well, we're about to get into it. So let us... Oh, and do you think there'll be a twist, Allison, in Krampus? Guess the twist. Maybe that like Santa... St. Nicholas, Santa is in on it. Ooh, he like knows it. and doesn't care. Or like, is like he's like, good, thumbs up. Keep it going, Krampus. Right, yeah. But yeah, maybe they're friends. He's not like a benevolent old St. Nick, but kind of just like a asshole. Yeah, I love that. That's fun. So let us begin. We are, we meet the family, his parents, Tom and Sarah. That is, of course, played by Adam Scott and Tony Collette. And they have a son, Max, and a daughter, Beth. And we open up in sort of like an orgy of capitalism in this big department-slash-box store called Mucho Mart. So, like, people are dripping toys out of each other's arms, and it's um sort of under, sarcastically, in slow motion, under a Christmas song. Like, people, it's just like, children are sobbing on Santa's lap. It's sort of like right. all the misery and stress and, like, consumerism of Christmas. Um, and at this store, there is a children's pageant that Max, Tom and Sarah's son, Max is in, and he gets into a fist fight with a wise man. He's dressed as a reindeer, and he is brawling with one of the other kids. And so they have to drag him out and take him home. And we, we're back at home, and they're yelling at Max, like, why would you do this? And that's when we find out that Max loves Christmas. Okay. The reason Max got into a fight with this kid, Ben, is because Ben was sort of going to tell all these little kids that like, Santa's not real and ruined Christmas. And Max, even though I guess he's like 11, he really wants to believe in Christmas. Like, he really clings to it as like this uh, childhood ideal that now that we're I'm older, I sort of see like, maybe my family's not so great and life is more complicated and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a hard, you know, he's it's sort of a, a you know, grow, becoming an adolescent question. Yeah, that's a tough one. But Tom and Sarah are mad at him, and, like, Tom keeps having to take, like, work calls, so he's, like, interrupted all the time. And the only person who's really sympathetic to Max's plight is his grandma, Umi, who is German. And he okay. speaks mostly German in the film until she has to speak English, and then she speaks English. And it's, like, never going to be addressed. <laughs> yeah. And Umi, like, um, they, they do make a joke about it, actually. So oh, Umi has, okay, like, been busting her ass. She made, like, cookies and, like, baked all this stuff. And Tom tells her, like, don't worry about that. Sarah bought a lot of stuff. You know, so it's like Umi's trying to do like some nice Christmas stuff, and it's like we already bought that stuff at the big box store. We're yeah. soulless um, uh, consumerist yeah, Americans. Corporate. Yeah, you know, and we're also listening to like a war. It's like they're listening to the news about the war on Christmas. I'm like, are these people like conservatives? Like, are they yeah, watching, why are they Fox, watching Fox, Fox News? <laughs> right, that's not like something they discuss on any reputable news network. <laughs> right. Yeah, and also if there's anyone's waging a war on Christmas. Guess what? It's going to be Krampus. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> like, going to be these people. It's not going to be like people like not wishing you have Merry Christmas. It's yeah. going to be this giant like horned demon or whatever. So yeah, so Tom's being your big Christmas grump. He like he's like has to work over Christmas, and he and Sarah are kind of fighting. And Max is like, "Aren't we going to like watch Charlie Brown Christmas and wrap presents like we always do?" And Tom's like, "After the stunt you pulled, you could do that alone." You know, oh, I guess it's sort of a home alone. Like if you mess yeah. up on Christmas, you have to go be alone for Christmas, which yeah. just seems like. Aren't we past that part of parenting? Yeah, and like unnecessary. Right, like if anything, spending time with the family doing that stuff is what would help him. You know, like making him be alone and sad about Christmas is what he was trying to avoid. Yes, right. You need to like fold him back into like, look at our like 
love and excitement and, you know, cheer for this season. Yeah. So Umi's talking to him, and Umi's like, oh, so did you write your letter to Santa? And Max is like, I don't even know if I'm going to do that. I'm having a hard time with it. And Umi says, you know, I think Santa's real because it exists as, like, the spirit of giving and love. You know, she's trying to, like, be like, okay, Santa, maybe, we don't know if he's technically real, but... Right. You know, Not a I, man flying around in a red suit, but exactly. the concept of giving um, and community is real. Yeah. I mean, and then, like, his sister Beth and Sarah are, like, arguing about their uh, cousins and, and uncle visiting because they, like, can't stand them. And, you know, it's like, why do we have to have these people, like, these troglodytes in our house, you know? And uh, Beth has his boyfriend, Derek, who is kind of encouraging her to sneak out. Um, but then suddenly their relatives arrive. So it's Aunt Linda and Uncle Howard. Uncle Howard is uh, Rob Keckner, who's super funny. And they have three kids, Howie Jr., their two, the girl cousins, Stevie and Jordan, who are like two girls who are like love wrestling and like hunting or sort of being like raised okay. like real like rural gals. Yeah. And then baby Chrissy, who is, of course, a baby. Um, they've also brought along the great their great aunt Dorothy without telling Sarah. And Sarah's like, oh my God, why did you tell me she's coming? I cannot stand her. Mm. And Aunt Dorothy's like, I'm gonna need some eggnog and I'm gonna have to talk about how no one visits me. Oh <laughs> and, God. like she seems like a real fun bitch. And so like Sarah and Linda like pull, you know, g- pull side and they're like yelling at each other like a sister fight. And it's like the baby poops its diaper and like no one is happy. And they're just mm. like, it's immediately stressful. So you're kind of sympathetic yes. to Max, where it's like, yeah, like. When you're young, Christmas is, like, wonderful and, like, because you don't know about all the stuff going on in the world. And as you get older, it's like, oh, my God, I have to have Aunt Dorothy tell me, like, what a fucking terrible, like, mother and how dirty my house is, you know? And like, Yeah, there is kind of an age, like, maybe 12-ish where you're kind of, like, no longer shielded from, like, mm-hmm. the bad stuff. And you're just like, oh, my God, we get presents. Oh, my God, like, I get to see my friends. We get off from school. It's usually snowing, like, whatever. And you start to be like, oh, like, Money is real, and like, like they're like you know, yeah. it's just part of aging where you start to learn things, and it's just like, oh, things are terrible, and everything is hard. Yeah, and that's it's part of it too. Is like, um, like Uncle Howard and Aunt Linda's family. I think they've kind of been struggling. So like, Howard comes in, and he immediately starts bragging about like his his amazing like he's like a Hummer, and he has like guns for hunting, and he's trying mm-hmm. to like show off to Tom, who like doesn't care, but like it's also like. You don't have to, like, come in and just dominate me for Christmas every year, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and the girl cousins, Stevie and Jordan, they start teasing Max because he was working on a letter to Santa. And they're like, you still believe in Santa? And he's like, I was doing it. It's, you know, it's about the spirit of Christmas, you know, like. Mm-hmm. But he's a kid, so he's still embarrassed. Right. And they tell him, you know, we saw that Santa's sleigh crashed in the Rockies and he had to eat the reindeer to survive. And he's like, that's not true. Mean and girls. So, so they're at dinner and they're all kind of just like sniping at each other and the girl cousins grab his Santa letter and they read it out loud to embarrass him. However, the letter is actually like very thoughtful and like nice, but also kind of exposes all of the family's dirt. Oh, like perfect. he wished that he and Beth were still friends and like hung out, his sister. And who's kind of like, you're just like your petulant normal teenager who's right. like, I want to be with my boyfriend, not my stupid family. Right. And then it's like, I want my... Tom and Sarah's parents to fall in love again because they're always like kind of like Bickering Tom and- travels and when and when they're home they're kind of fighting and they I want Santa to help Aunt Linda and Uncle Howard because um, it seems like they're having a really hard time and then also in the letter he says and Uncle it's pretty it's pretty clear to me that Uncle Howard wishes he had the the girl cousins were both boys and he's kind of raising them as boys <laughs> which is very insightful and a hilarious thing to put in the letter to Santa also like very like, funny for like a twelve year old like for like a child to acknowledge yeah. that. Also, like, love that as a narrative device. Like, this letter that just spells out everything. Like, as a writer, I'm like, that's brilliant. (laughs) So he tries to grab the letter back, and he's, like, in a brawl with the girl cousin. So he, of course, gets into trouble, you know, again, home alone style. And he's like, I I hate Christmas, and I hate all of you. And he runs to his room, and Aunt Dorothy's sitting there drinking. And she's like, you know, that kid deserves a prize for being honest. Like, (laughs) he's the only one willing to say it. And so... He runs back upstairs, and he's, like, so mad. And Tom goes to talk to him. He's like... That's what a family is, Max. People you try to be friends with, even though you don't have a whole lot in common. And Max says, like, do you really believe that? Like, is that what Christmas is? And Tom's like, I guess I I don't know, you know. Yeah. So it's like even they, even he is having, like, this crisis. So, you know, Max ends up tearing up his letter to Santa... He's so disheartened. He doesn't want to send it. And he throws it out the window. And the wind takes the letter up to the sky. Of course. And I guess the sky is where Krampus lives. I don't know how yeah, he gets his mail. I, yeah, I'm going to have, like, some questions about, like, 
residency and mm-hmm. just general, like, what's he doing the rest of the year? Right. This is not a movie to be answering logistical questions. I will say okay, that. Okay, got it. No, you could ask them. I will just it, probably not know. Yeah, like, again, like, the way, yeah. Great. So that night, we see an insane storm with, like, snow and lightning and thunder sweeping into town and knocks the power out in the entire town. So when everyone wakes up, it's the morning of the 23rd. Okay. The town is buried in snow. There's, like, an ongoing blizzard. And, you know, they there's no way to get out. They You know, they can't go anywhere. And they can't get the news, you know. Right. They're, and and so it's, like, basically they're stranded. They're snowed in. Mm-hmm. Even stranger, there's a big snowman in the yard that nobody built. Oh. The last person to come in, like, the last sort of, like, round of people to come in before everything's shutting down, I guess, for the blizzard, sure. is um, D- DHL dropping off some packages. Okay. And when they go to get the packages, Antla decides for them, she see, looks, and there's a big red sack full of toys that someone must have dropped off. So she just brings it inside, assuming that was a gift, too. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Howard's like, oh, my God, these rich people have to show off, like, getting all this stuff delivered. This is ridiculous. And um, we don't know who that sack's from. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So they just sort of just put a it mystery over. sack. You know, like you get every Christmas. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, Beth's boyfriend, Derek, like hasn't replied to her text. So he okay. lives a couple blocks away. And she's like, I'm just going to go over and say, like, just check up on him. And, and yeah. her mom says, you get an hour and you come back. But it's already, it's a blizzard. Like, it's snowing really hard. It's right. freezing. At least have one of the parents or even Max go with her. You know, I was already like, don't let your kid go out in a blizzard. Even if it's a couple blocks, what does something happen? A car goes off the road and hits her, you know? Mm-hmm. But they they're not they're not spending time on those kinds of logistical issues. No, they're just kind of like gunning towards Christmas here. Yeah. So everyone's like trapped inside and like the toilet again, I have so many toilet questions, you know, like because there's like 12 people. Always toilet questions. Even if they weren't snowed in, 12 people, I have toilet questions. I want every movie to <laughs> exactly. This is without Krampus, the toilet <laughs> situation would be a full horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I want every movie to address the toilet questions. Yeah, I just just it could be like a just, you know, a lower third that just kind of tells us what's going on. You don't have to show me what's going on, but just yeah. be like, hey. There are six toilets in this house. It's bigger than you think it is. It's fine. I'd be like, great. Umi it makes everyone hot chocolate. I'm assuming they're melting snow in the fireplace, or maybe they still have water, but without power. I don't know. But Umi kind of makes this moment of like togetherness and, you know, kind of calms everyone down so they don't freak out. Meanwhile, Beth is walking to her boyfriend's house and it is getting darker and snowier. It looks so, like it's almost nighttime. It's like so dark. And then she looks and she sees sitting on a roof of a nearby building. Or a house. House. A gigantic horned caped creature that no. is easily 15 feet tall. And so, of course, she starts to run. She's screaming. And Where is she creature, running? Back home or towards the boyfriend's house? I think towards the boyfriend's house because she's closer okay. to his house. Also, I'm imagining like the silhouette of the beast from Beauty and the Beast. That's exactly, you're exactly right. Okay, great. But the scarier. And the, I will say oh, the, well, creature, yeah. the creature design in this is very good. Like Krampus is genuinely very scary. Oh, wow. His friends, who eventually we meet, some other cool guys and gals that he hangs Ooh, out with. Oh, he has a whole crew. He brings his crew with him for Christmas. I like someone that rolls deep. Yeah, he's someone where he's like, oh, I'm going to drop by the party, and then he ends up bringing like 10 other people. Yeah, without telling that sounds him. very Krampus. I was just looking at who did the vision. Creature effects are made by Weta Workshop, and they're great. I think that, to me, the favorite, my favorite part of the movie is the creature effects. They're very well done. Ooh. So she starts running, screaming, obviously, and she sees the DHL truck, and she runs, but the, the driver's gone. So, terrified, she hides under the truck because there's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And she sees these gigantic hooves land next to the truck and oh, kind of is are that in the trailer? around. That's in the trailer. Yes. Okay. So, she's hiding there, terrified. So scary. And eventually, the hooves stomp away, but then when she looks back, there's a little tiny um, music box playing Silent Night. And when the night song ends, the box pops open, and you see just like the top of a little porcelain clown head pop oh. out. Beth screams, and then we just see the truck shaking as she's attacked under the truck. So she's dead? I don't want to answer uh, any of these okay, questions. Okay, 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 but, okay, 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 okay. Getting ahead of myself. Yes, our understanding is she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. She's been attacked by Krampus okay. and his many good friends that yes. he has brought to your Christmas party. So back at the house, it is hours later. And Tom and Sarah are starting to freak out. And they're like, we should go talk to the neighbors. They're like, every single one of our neighbors is out of town. Like, everyone goes away for Christmas. There's, it's snowing so hard. Basically, it's like, there's There's nowhere, yeah. And they can't get a cell phone signal. But obviously, their child has disappeared, you know. So they're sort of deciding what to do. 
And Max keeps looking out in the snowstorm, and they see, wait a minute, there's not just one snowman. There's two snowmen. And finally, Tom and Howard say... Have there been two the whole time that they just didn't notice, or are more just kind of appearing as they look out? It seems a new one has appeared. Okay, great. So Tom and Howard are like, we're going to go look for Beth. So uh, they get into Howard's Hummer, and it's like, you know, he has like all this like survivalist gear, and he has like a a rifle and a gun in his car. great. And Umi tries to stop him and is like, we have to stay here. We'll st- if we s- we'll be safe, we stay here and just keep the fire lit. We cannot go out. Okay. Tom's like, mom, one of my kids is disappeared in a blizzard. Like, I yeah. can't not go look for her, which, you know, he's right. Yeah, that's correct. They're in the Hummer. They cannot get any radio stations. Like, they can't get anything, right? And so they do find a stranded snowplow, and it's, but it's kind of blocking the road. And so they get out to go check on the driver, and there's nobody there. The keys are in the ignition, and it looks like something has jumped th- through the windshield into the car. Oh. So that's when they're first saying, like, oh, this isn't just, like, a horrible snowstorm. Yeah, something else is afoot. Exactly. A hoof. And mm. so they realize, oh, actually, we're right outside Derek's house. <laughs> Great. Convenient. Perfect. They go inside. Allison, it is filled with snow. The place is busted up. It the house? Da- the, everything inside the house. It okay. is like a snow has drifted in, it's frozen, it's dark and lifeless. Like, how much time has passed? <laughs> so this, I guess, were to think is that evening. Okay. So they woke up that day to the blizzard. Mm-hmm. Beth went out, let's say noon. This is, this is a couple hours like later. Six, okay. So this, but it's that same day. And they've seen no one. You cannot even see 10 feet in front of you. It's right. snowing that hard. It's that snowy, okay. And they haven't been able to get anywhere. So Howard, you know, says rightly, I'm getting my gun. So they're going into the house. Howard has a rifle. Tom has a gun. And they're looking around. There ain't nobody there. So Derek and his, not only not Beth, no Derek and his family. That's spooky. So like, what the hell? And they also see there is a gingerbread man, like kind of an oversized gingerbread man, that has been stabbed into the refrigerator. Oh, like a note? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, like when you were leaving your mom. Christmas was here. (laughs) Right. You know when you're leaving your, like your loved one a note, and so you write it on a gingerbread man and then stab it into your refrigerator. Yeah. So needless to say, Tom is pretty freaked out by this. Yeah. And back at home, things are actually kind of very cozy. Like Linda and Sarah have like a moment of like connection, even though they're always at each other's throats as Mm -hmm. sisters. Like, I guess Sarah like saved all their mom's Christmas stuff. And they're just, you know, talk about their mother. And it's like baby Chrissy's playing with the, uh, there's a bulldog. And they're playing around. It's kind of a cozy moment until they hear that somebody is walking around on the roof. Mm-hmm. And Allison, I read you the, the part of the movie uh, where I have to ask, what would you do in this situation? What would you do? So someone's walking on the roof in the house I'm in, mm-hmm. where the whole family is. Mm-hmm. But also you're in some sort of cataclysmic blizzard right. where it you doesn't can't seem go like you anywhere. Could, yeah. And the other people have already taken the one, like, sport utility. Like, the Hummer feels like the only thing you could really take anywhere. Exactly. I would arm myself with something. Mm-hmm. I'd find a gun or knives or something and uh, stay put but hidden. Yeah. And, and, and Umi has told us earlier, it's like, we have to stay here and keep the fire lit. Like, if yeah. fire's lit, then we're going to be okay. Yeah, I think I would, like, follow her directions while also, Mm -hmm. like, being, like, in a closet, like, facing out. So, like, I'm possibly hidden, but, like, armed. Yes. And then just wait. I I think that that's really the only thing you can do. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's other options. So we see, speaking of keeping the fire lit, Tom and Howard are still going through Derek's house trying to find any information about what's going Mm -hmm. on. And they come to the fireplace, and it looks like it's just exploded open. Oh, and so Howard says, oh, my God, like, they must have had a gas line explosion. Like, they must, like, this. what could have ripped open the wall like this? And then they look, and there's a gigantic hoof print right in front of the, the fireplace. Oh, great. And Howard says, that looks like a goat. And Tom replies, what kind of goat walks on its hind legs? Oh, no. Just then they hear Beth screaming for help outside. Oh, and and I don't know whether we're supposed to think Beth is alive or if Beth is being at this point they're just use kept alive. somehow using yes her to lure other people to, out into the snow. Yes. 
So they run out to the snow, but something underneath the snow grabs Howard's legs and is like dragging him into a snowdrift and is eating him. Okay. And we hear all this screaming and tear and tearing up. And then Tom shoots into the um, snow and this thing like screams and it kind of slithers away. So whatever it was under the um, snow, we, we don't see it. We don't know what like it that. is. Back at the house, everyone hears gunshots. And again, Tony Collette's a great actress. So you see her face when she hears gunshots oh, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And they don't know. No. They have like, no information about the, what's going on. There's hoofs and explosions and so, like they just yeah. know gunshots. So they're all, Sarah's like, I have to go out. Like, if, if something has happened, like, I'm going to go out now. But luckily, Tom and Howard gets burst in the front door of the house right before she's about to leave. And Howard's like, get away from the windows. Everyone get a weapon. And Tom warns him, like, hey, let's stay calm. Let's not freak the kids out, which is sort of ridiculous. Like, the kids should be freaked out. Yeah, you know, be very freaked out by what's happening. And maybe not like baby Chrissy, but everyone else is like, even like Howie Jr., I think it's supposed to be like, maybe he's like 9 or 10. They're at least old enough to like, A, know what's going on, and B, help you board up the house, you know, like, give him yeah. a lamp to hit people, things with if he has to, you know? Yeah, yeah, functional. Yeah, if they're three, obviously don't freak them out, but, like, right. everyone else... Like, a 10-year-old can definitely, like, help out Exactly. That's, so that's, I think that's a, a fatal mistake, is not telling everybody in the house what you've seen. And what you've yes. seen is, it's not just our house. Like, so, we tried to find Beth, we could not find her, and her boyfriend's family is missing, and their house is a frozen hellscape. Great. That is valuable information that everyone at this point should Everybody just Everybody needs to know what's going on. <clears throat> so Howard and, and Tom tell him, like, oh, you know, Howard, he stepped on a bear trap. That's why his leg got all bit up. You know, as if that's more plausible. It's like, like, like it, yeah, it, a bear trap in a front yard in the suburbs, like, doesn't yeah. make sense. And also just, like, tell people what happened because, like, you don't know that someone doesn't have more information than you. Like, yeah. if you were like, oh, this happened, and somebody was like, I read this article about how... But, 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 like at least some explanation, but hiding it, exactly, not a good move. There's no point. So the the two couples go and sort of have like a hush conversation, and they're like, we all, we have to keep looking for Beth. We'll go in pairs, you know. That was Linda's suggestion, and Howard's like, I we're gonna have we got frostbite under in under four minutes, and the truck is gone. And we see that something ha- somebody ha- something has dismantled the Hummer. Something, and not only is the Hummer broken up into pieces, it's on fire. So oh. somebody has just dis- known enough to dismantle this car, I guess, mm-hmm. and stranded them. So even if right. they were going to get somehow out of- get out, their one vehicle that could have done it it doesn't is not usable. Great. So now they're stuck. Yeah, so Tom's like, okay, we board up the doors and windows. We still have our guns and some ammo. We'll put a movie on the iPad because that's the only thing that has power. Right. And Howard's like, I told you, Linda, we should have gone to my brother and brothers instead of going here. And so now they're just going to have to stay in, you know, and sort of like... Weather the storm. Exactly. And Umi is acting real skittery. And she's sort of like, we have to keep the fire burning ostensibly so no one can come down the chimney, right? Okay. But it's it's nighttime. And so, which again is another question where it's like, the same as like Children of the Corn, where it's like, your daughter is lost in a blizzard. How are you able to sleep? But yeah. everyone, you know, gets together in front of the fireplace and kind of dozes off and Howard stays awake to sort of watch and, and keep guard over the night. But yeah, I don't understand how Sarah or Tom could possibly sleep in this scenario. No, I you would just I would be awake, and I would also be, I'd be forced awake by adrenaline and fear. Mm-hmm. But I would also be caffeinating myself in a way yes. that I am staying awake because I don't think going to sleep is ever going to be a solution in this no. scenario. And yeah, and we see Aunt Dorothy like put peppermint schnapps and hot cocoa and like shows shows the kids how to make it and then lets them all have a little bit. And she's like, "Don't tell your parents." So Aunt Dorothy is like me. What I would be doing is just drinking. Oh yeah, my answer to many of our <laughs> scenarios that come up is I'm like, I would just start drinking and kind of see what happens because there's no help, there's no answer, everything is hell. Like just exactly. get drunk. <laughs> So they're, they kind of settle in for the night, and everyone's sleeping except for Howard, who's staying watch. Of course, Howard immediately falls asleep. Of course. And when everyone is asleep, the fire dies down. <gasps> and unfortunately, down the chimney comes a huge metal hook. And tangled oh, I don't in that like hook that. is a gingerbread cookie, sim- similar to the gingerbread cookie that we saw stabbed into the refrigerator. Of course. And Howie Jr. 
who we've who has not spoken a word, and I think we're to think like he's like this kid's a lost cause, you know. He's just you just put him in the corner and give him a, uh, like hot cocoa and just leave him there. He's yeah. like a, a he's a it's basically an armchair of a person. Yes. He sees that gingerbread and he's like, I guess I'm going to try to eat this, which Naturally. is insane. It's like you have other food. So he right. goes and he takes a bite out of the gingerbread cookie, and Allison, it comes alive. Oh, in of his course. hand. Why it wraps it? the chain, the hook around Howie, and then Howie is dragged up the chimney away by whatever is like controlling Like around him, like the way that like, you know, if you were getting like pulled off stage because you yes. sucked, not like, it didn't like it hook didn't him, pierce him like a fish. Yes, no, okay. it's kind of tied around him. Okay. Yeah, similar to if you were okay. performing at the Apollo and yes, somebody was yes, yanking yes. you out. Absolutely. Yes. So everyone else wakes up when he's screaming. Tony Collette, a beloved actress, grabs to grab this kid's legs, and she gets dragged part of the way up the chimney. Everyone is grabbing her, and they're like yanking on this poor kid's legs, Ugh. and eventually she loses her grip. And then Howie Jr. is dragged away into the air and is gone. So I think we're to understand that he did. And he made the, I guess he made the, the, the horror movie mistake of eating a cookie. So everyone's freaking out, like, what's going on? And finally, Umi steps up. Of course. And explains what the hell is going on. And she does it in English. Because I think they're like, we couldn't just do the subtitles, you know? No, people just don't. It's like, seeing a scary Christmas movie, like, no, just tell them what's happening. And it was it is funny, Aunt Dorothy says, English, I knew it. Yeah. So <laughs> they have they to acknowledge, like, acknowledge it. it. <laughs> so we see, which I think was a fun um artistic choice, we see an animated story of what, what Umi is telling us. Oh. And it's um like kind of like not like a paper cut it, but it's kind of like a fun animated sequence. Okay. Where we see her as a little girl in her village. And look, I did not want to bring up the specter of Nazi Germany, but it is a strange it choice to seems me. Seems unavoidable, though. <sighs> but I mean, like, but have her be Bavarian, have her be Slovenian, like, have her right. be something else where it's not like I am German and I would have been a child during or immediately after World War II. Yeah, yeah. And to That's not all, address, I'm sorry, it's just one of those like a lot. And then for yeah. Christmas, like the fact that it's Christmas and like I don't know. Yes, I agree. It's just like it's a little too much for me. If you didn't want her, if you could have put this somewhere else in, yeah. in Eastern Color Europe Slovenian. and had it be not so clear, you know. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, let's say it's immediately afterwards. And um, apparently her village had given up on Christmas and everyone's just at each other's throats. They're stealing bread. And I was like, oh, is this like, you know, you're under, mm. this is a post-war, post-war situation. Yeah. But again, it's just like it's like have, setting a movie, setting a movie in America, like in the early 1800s, and not have addressing slavery. Where yes, it's like, well, right. set it some other time if you don't even want to bring it up, or right, set, yeah, set it in it, a different country. Exactly. I don't know. Right. So we skate by the Holocaust, and she's telling us a story of post World War II Germany. <laughs> right, and she's also like, oh, my village has lost the spirit of Christmas. I'm like, feels, I don't know. If that's how I would have put it. Yeah, that feels uh, dangerous. Language. Right, yeah, it's like, that's what we're focusing on? <laughs> Anywho, so, uh, yeah, Umi said her village, everyone lost the spirit of Christmas. Her parents are the same way. They kind of, they they rip her Santa doll out of her hands and throw it in the fire, which is what I think these, like, people who think there's a war on Christmas, that's what they think is going on. Yes. Which is, again, a weird thing to put in. Like, oh, yes, everyone hates Christmas. It's like, right. I, no one really does, a thing. Right, I don't calm know. Calm down, Megan Kelly. Like, we're all fine. Yeah, so it's, Umi says, even I myself, you know, I wish that Christmas miracles would go away. And wouldn't you know it, Krampus showed up. I could only listen as they dragged my family into the underworld. What? But he didn't take Umi that night. He left her a Krampus bell. And she essentially said he left me as like a lesson or like a moral. But everyone else... So these people else, are all just gone. They are gone. And essentially the underworld, uh, presumably in some sort of bad situation... They weren't dragged away into a cool place where they want to hang out. Right. So we didn't know it's like, exactly. Okay. And she tells a story that Uncle Howard said, here, I thought I was the one losing it. You know. At the same time, it's like, Howard, this is at least an explanation. Your son just got sucked up into the sky by a sentient gingerbread. Let's take what we can get at this point where, like, we can piece together a narrative. Yeah. Like, much like when we watched The Thing. Yeah, yeah, do we have all the information? No, but we have a little piece of information. Let's see what we Let's can take it. from it. 
Um, meanwhile, Max looks outside, and now the yard is filled with snowmen. And hiding behind the snowmen are like these cackling, strange creatures. Mm-mm. The next morning, it is next morning, they survive. It is Christmas Eve day. So it's not even Christmas yet. Did everybody sleep? I'm assuming they must have been up since then. Okay. So everyone is like obviously very freaked out. And um, during the kerfuffle of trying to drag Howie out of the chimney, somebody inadvertently knocked one of the logs out of the ch- out of the fireplace and it was still it had embers. So it set the Christmas tree alight. Perfect. And so now all their toys and everything are burned up. Great. So Linda takes all of it up to the attic and is trying to go through the toys to see what's salvageable. Like, well, at least I could rewrap these, you know. Yeah, and have and, like some semblance of Christmas as we live in this absolute uh, hellscape of right, demons exactly. and uh, being alone. <laughs> right, like I guess if we, yeah, at least if we, much like in the real world, if things can't be nice, at least we could have a nice Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and she also opens up the big sack, which was also burned, and takes out those presents. Oh, and no. Nobody knows who brought these presents, which, again, is not something that you, sh- you should be kind of nervous about. Yeah, especially given everything else that's been happening. Like, I guess if it was just that and everything else was normal, you'd be like, all right, let's take these presents. But, like, yeah. now that there's also all of this other crap going on, I would leave those. At, it's like, this is part of it. So she leaves them out there, and and the parents sort of talk about what their plan is. And Tom says, okay, we saw the snowplow, and we saw that it had the keys in it. We are going to walk to that stranded snowplow. We are going to go to the mall because apparently that's a designated emergency shelter. And if that's fucked up or no one's there, we will drive to the police station. I guess I would say just go to the police station. Maybe yeah, it's why just don't so you far away. Start, okay, yeah. I guess like on your way, see what's going. But if there were a bunch of people safely like protected in the mall, I'd be like, okay, we could kind of chill here. Exactly. Yeah. If this was like if this was a traditional blizzard, that's not a bad idea. Unfortunately, yeah. this is, is not. not. This is not. And so while they're talking, we see that the presence from the mysterious sack are making sort of little gremlin noises, like maybe they're coming to life or something. And they're sort of, uh, Umi's trying to give advice about like, you know, Christmas, whatever. And she says at a certain point, or how to deal with Krampus, and she says, it's not what you do, it's what you believe, which is insane. That is an insane lesson to take from this movie. Unmeasurable. People believe terrible things. Also, like, you could believe anything, but then actually behave badly. Right. Yeah, and like, right, right. And no matter how much you believe, like, you still have to do stuff. Right, it's just like it's such a weird statement to, like, make about, like, this is about the spirit of Christmas, it's not what you do, what you believe. It's like, I guess, like, I I don't know, you still have to do stuff for Christmas, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Aunt Dorothy has clogged the downstairs bathroom. So the final, finally we get some toilet talk. We We finally get into the nitty gritty of how this 12 people are dealing with it. And Aunt Dorothy absolutely wrecks that bathroom. (laughs) She's been like drinking eggnog and schnapps all night. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's been been going nuts. Who wouldn't? You know what I mean? There's nothing else to do. (laughs) And that's one of the things, they have a ton of food because it's Christmas. So they're not going to like go hungry anytime soon. All right. So the girl cousins have to go upstairs to like the, their top floor. And I guess they've always, like, they're sort of alluded to, like, they've always been kind of creeped out by the house, you know, and and they're creeping along to go to the other bathroom and they the attic door is open and they hear Beth's voice calling down for them. And they're like, Beth, what are you doing in the attic? Obviously, it's not Beth. But they go up to investigate, being like, Beth, are you pranking us? Obviously, she's not. She's, uh, we've already seen her be uh, taken by, um, Krampus, but, you know, they go up there anyways. Cut to, immediately, we hear them screaming. And so Tom, Sarah, and Linda run up to the attic to see what's going on. The presents have been ripped open from the inside, and the presents are now alive. And here are some of the disgusting things we see. This is my favorite part. A gigantic anaconda-like, long Furby-esque clown. Oh my god, long Furby is in this movie? <laughs> it's long, It's so it's like a snake with a porcelain clown's face. Again, the creature design is great. No, and we're, we realize that, that this is the thing that popped out of the um, music box that attacked Beth. Oh, So and it turns to them and it has this clown face, but then when it roars, it's like jaw opens up and it's like this fleshy like dinosaur or like snake mouth to oh. contrasting with like this like t- doll's face. It's very no, well done. I don't like that. It, unfortunately, has eaten Jordan, one of the girl cousins. One of the girl, okay. And But we don't know exactly where Stevie, the other cousin, is because it's just mayhem, you know? So we see this clown thing. Tom has his gun. He's trying to shoot the thing, and it slithers away behind some old furniture. 
But they don't even have time to deal with that because all the other toys have come to life. And we see there's a, a mutant baby doll mm. angel that's Mm-mm. literally wow. flying wow. and attacking Sarah. Nope. Nope. There's a monstrous teddy bear with fangs and a homicidal no. robot-style toy. No. So they're all trying to fight these things. Meanwhile, the clown snake is trying to get into the air ducts, right? Oh, perfect. That's and, where you and want it. And slither through the house. Yeah, it's on the go. And the angel has managed to catch Sarah around the neck by a string of Christmas lights and is hanging her from the rafters. Tony Collette, American treasure, is being hung from the rafters of this home, of her home by Christmas lights by this, like, screeching, grotesque baby angel. That is not what Tony Collette deserves. Yeah. Basically, like, they're able to, like, fight them off. Tom is shooting the gun. They're able to find Stevie. The, the clown snake tried to swallow Stevie, but, like, regurgitates her. But Stevie's like, it ate Jordan. Like, Jordan is still inside the snake. And the clown snake gets into the air duct. So now it is in the walls of the house. Which I guess I do find a very scary... The idea of something yes. being in the walls of a home, I do find really awful. Anything being in the walls of a home is scary. Even just, like, even knowing when there's, like, a mouse in the wall in an apartment... That's right. terrifying. And so now the clown snake, so now the clown snake has swallowed Jordan and the clown snake is in the walls. Meanwhile, Uncle Howard is in the kitchen getting food or whatever. He's attacked by a bunch of sentient gingerbread. Naturally. And he is able to fight them off, but except for one last one. And luckily, Rosie, their bulldog, jumps up and eats the gingerbread. Okay, great. So, you know. Way to go for the dog. So everyone rejoins in the living room, like, oh, there's all these monsters, blah, 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 blah. And they could hear the snake in the ceiling. No. No. They let Rosie no. into the air ducts, and Rosie's like chase, trying to chase the snake into the air ducts. R.I.P. Rosie. Oh, you know. yeah, that dog's dead. You, one bulldog cannot fight a 12-foot-long clown snake no. sent from hell no. by Krampus. No. <laughs> and, nor, and nor should we expect them to. No. No, that's not, the do- that's not a dog's job. That's yeah. not a dog's purpose. <laughs> yeah, what was that movie, A Dog's Life? A dog's, I think it's like A Dog's Purpose. A dog's life, a dog. There's like several. Yeah, it's like they're all like a, it's the religious dogs, right? Right. I think they teach you about they're life like and Christian reincarnation. Dogs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Rosie fought the good Christian dog fight, but oh, she Rosie. she does she joins her her joins Jordan in the belly of the clown snake. Then, because the clown's so big, it crashes through the ceiling of the living room. Well, of course, I'm sure they're in just a regular old suburban. Um, exactly, mansion it's home. not built to sustain a, the weight of a clown snake. Right. At, which, moving forward, maybe more of our homes should be. I mean, based on this film, <laughs> if you don't believe in Christmas, which I mean, we'll get to that in the end, because yeah. like a lot of people don't believe in Christmas, mm-hmm. Krampus and his good pals might show up and just wreck your shit any year. So finally, all of the monsters have descended from the attic. So like the the angel, the scary bear, the robot. Aunt Dorothy grabs a shotgun, and it's just like like just shotgunning all of them down. And then they hear jingling from outside. And Umi says one word, and the word is elves. And like twelve elves. terrifying elves burst into no. the living room, and they also have like porcelain doll faces. Of course. So they look kind of like Henson, like you know, like yeah. shaggy, spooky mm-hmm. little creatures. And then they have, like, porcelain faces. Mm-mm. They grab Aunt Dorothy, and she screams, <laughs> And they drag her away. And then they grab baby Chrissy. Oh, she gone. On. But, like, a baby, a baby can't believe in Christmas or right, not believe not in Christmas. It's not fault. It is yeah, not. Yeah. she's a baby. I mean, I want to say she's, maybe she's one. It's no. Like, so if also like if you don't we, have so, a belief system built it, like by one, and and if anything, a baby who was raised with Christmas, the only thing they would believe in is Christmas. Yeah, they're still working on object permanence. Like <laughs> I don't think that like Christmas is right. So it also suggests like if one person in a family or a town, based on Umi's story, if one person doesn't right. believe in Christmas, everybody's fucked. Everyone is punished, which See? does not is not in the Christmas spirit. But I guess that's. Krampus is the the inverse yeah, the of the inverse. Christmas spirit. It's not about one, it's about all of us. So so Tom and Sarah are like, okay, we gotta go. The windows are smashed in, so we couldn't even stay here if we wanted to. Like it, it's yeah. we have to go to the snowplow. We're gonna get the snowplow and then just drive as far as we can just to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Umi says, I'm going to stay and I'm gonna keep the fire lit. Which is hard to do because it's like how there's howling wind and snow yeah. blowing in. Yeah, there's only so much, you know, yeah. control you have over that. And she refuses to go. Uh, Max tells his dad, she's waiting for Krampus. She's trying to help. And so they all leave Umi 
to her fate. Oh, my God. And they run to the snowplow, and Umi is there, and she's trying to light the fire, but she can't do it because there's two coals, too many. And we finally hear the man of the hour. Finally. Literally. I mean, yeah, now we've entered the third act, essentially. Krampus finally shows up, and he comes down the chimney because he loves the drama. Oh, this guy and entrances. I believe it. Every time he walks through a door, it's a Christmas pageant. Yeah, right. He comes down, and he is, it's a very scary where it's like he's horns and like all these, he's covered in bells and chains. But you look at his face, and he has like kind of a, it looks like an old Santa. Like a, it's like a twisted, decrepit Santa face. Okay. With like horrible teeth. So I thought it was a good combination. So like a hu- of like a, it's a human head. Like a distorted human head. Right, yeah. but like it's not like a goat head. No, which I thought was much scarier, because I thought it was going to look like a goat. Yeah. And then you see it, you're like, oh, no, it's like a grandpa. Yeah. It's sa- it's an evil Santa. Mm. So everyone else, so Umi has been left to her fate. I don't think I need to tell you. Yeah, she did. Umi's done. Yeah. Oh, Umi she lived held a good on for life. so long. She did. I, I guess, like, Krampus let her live one time, but then. Yeah. And he. he He's like, he, that's he, enough. She kept the bell that she, he left when she was a child. Oh, wow. And he remembers her, is what we're supposed to think. And still kills her? Yeah. So, okay. His whole ideology falls apart for me because of that. Well, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, there's not really like an interior logic to Krampus's actions. Just chaotic other than, evil? Yeah. So okay. maybe that's, yeah. So, uh, Elsa, now is the time of the episode where I have to ask you, who will survive? And I will remind you who is still yeah. alive. Yeah. Okay, Umi's technically still alive, but like, we know she's a rap. Okay, got it. Tom, Sarah, Aunt Linda, Max, one of the girl cousins, Stevie, Jordan, the other one got eaten by the snake, and of course, Krampus. Who do we think is going to survive? Who will survive? Uh, I think the son, Max. Mm-hmm. This is clearly as about him. I think Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Scott dies. Mm-hmm. And I think the other girl cousin dies. And okay. I think Krampus survives so that the myth can live on. <laughs> that would stand a reason based on what we know about Krampus. Yes. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. So they're all running to the snow plow. Unfortunately, they're being followed by that under the snow kind of burrowing creature. Glad that's not gone. Yeah, and Tom decides to stay behind and sacrifice himself so that Aww. everyone else could live. This doesn't make sense because the in the world in which we've seen, it, that won't do anything. Like it will, right. they'll just keep coming after his family. Right. That every yeah, more people die. Like you should try and stick together and all survive. Right, it makes sense if it's like a one serial killer. Okay, so you're going to slow right. him down. Right, enough we got to a like whole army him. of goons here. There are elves. There are scary toys. There's a clown snake. snake. There's Krampus. Yeah. I don't. The thing under the snow, I think, is something even totally different that we right. never see. Ugh, got, no, thank you. <laughs> Anywho, a town, a valiant effort, but he is immediately dragged into the snow and dragged away by this thing. Aunt Linda, grabbed by the thing under the snow, snatched away, 
And so is Sarah. So now the only two people left alive are Stevie. And honestly, who cares about Stevie? Like, right. We, wow. we already lost a girl cousin. That really uh, unfolded quickly and chaotically. They're gone. I mean, I think, I'm assuming this studio is like TikTok. They're like, guys. let's wrap this up. So Stevie, the one girl cousin, and Max, and they finally get to the snowplow, but it won't start. And so, like, Max is trying to start it, and Stevie gets dragged out of the window by an elf and dragged away. And even one of the elves gets eaten by the thing under the snow. And so Max is now alone. They're not even working together. Yeah, there's, I guess, like again, like, it's chaos. Like, they yeah. just are agents of chaos. There's no friendship in the Krampus world. No, I it guess. doesn't seem like it. So Max get out, gets out of the snowplow to help Stevie, and instead he finds Krampus, who gives him a bell, oh. and it's wrapped in paper, and the on the paper is his torn-up letter to Santa, which is like a, kind of like a like a bitch move. Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, I know that's why you're here. Yeah. Like, you put my letter together? Yeah. And then Krampus disappears. So you th- I thought, like, that was the ending. That would have made more sense to me as, like, right. every, this your goes family on, gone. Obviously, like, he's like his grandmother was, and the yeah. story lives on. Instead, we hear, he hears Stevie's cries, and we realize she, she's been taken by the elves to Krampus's, so sort of having like a bonfire, like sort of yeah. like a pagan. Yeah, having fun. Yeah. He's having a great time. A bit of a party. And we see that he has a grotesque sleigh drawn by like these mutant musk ox type animals, great. which are also very cool. And all the elves are like laughing, and then these cracked porcelain doll faces. And the clown snake is there, and they're about to... Uh, sacrifice Stevie is what we're to think. And so Max comes back and he's like, hey, asshole, I take back my wish. I take it back, give me back my family. And he throws Krampus's bell at the ground. Whoa. As soon as he throws the bell on the ground, a um, huge crevice opens in the earth. And now he is standing at the mouth of hell, is how I would describe it. There okay. was like a molten, glowing red void. And the elves take Stevie and they just throw her in. So Max, because for one second he didn't have a good time on Christmas, is now standing at the mouth of hell. Wow. And just had to watch his cousin be sacrificed. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so where are we going to go with this? Right. And he says, like, I'm sorry. I just wanted Christmas to be like it used to. And Krampus um, throws Max into hell. Oh. Suddenly Max wakes up. He's in his bed. Allison, would you believe it? It was all a dream. No. Allison? All a dream? Allison. So Max wakes up, and he goes downstairs. And things are not just back to normal. Things are actually really good. Like, everyone's, like, nobody's fighting. They're all gathered around the Christmas tree. Yeah. The things that he wished for are kind of true in this yeah. morning playing out. And everyone has, like, cute little pajamas, and, like, nobody's sad. And Except for Aunt Dorothy does mention how hungover she is, which is, you know, understandable. Relatable. And so he seems to be the only one who had this experience. And so he's thinking, well, I guess, I guess it was a dream. And Umi makes everyone hot chocolate, and they hand out all the presents, and Max get, gets one. that Unfortunately, the present looks uh, old-timey. It's got, like, a red ribbon around it. And so Max opens his present, and it's the Krampus bell. And everyone sort of looks at each other and their faces just fall. And I guess sort of think like they are, they're all remembering what happened. We pan out and in fact, they are inside a house inside of a snow globe in Krampus's workshop, lair. Yeah, office. And now they are going to be kept forever throughout all eternity in this little Christmas house on Krampus's desk, essentially. And that, Allison, is the end. Are they the only snow globe? The room is filled with thousands of snow globes. Okay, yes. So that tracks, like... Yes. All right, so then at least that's, like, what he does. He traps people in in, in Christmas? Yeah, and I guess that's sort of, like, the twilight, the twilight Zone ending, where it's like, yeah, you got to have this dream, this, like, wonderful experience, but now it's, like, the only thing you will ever experience for all time. Yeah, now you're then trapped it was like, I guess they don't age. It. Like, I guess, like, within the snow globe, it's always Christmas. Okay, but like it seems like toilet, it's a nice more Christmas. More toilet questions afoot. In the Eternity Snow Globe, if you're caught forever in a snow globe if, and the toilet was broken, is the toilet still broken? Right. And, like, also, like, is it just, like, normal plumbing? Like, does he turn this thing upside down and it's, like, when a porta potty gets knocked over? Like, what are we dealing with? Does he shake it? That's a good question. Does you he shake? You know he does. He's an agent of chaos, as you said. So, again, questions only Krampus himself can answer. Could answer, Sure. 
<clears throat> but let's talk Maybe about some fatal mistakes. on the pod at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. If anyone knows Krampus's people, yeah, please connect pass them to our people. Yeah. I want to talk about fatal mistakes. Fatal mistakes. But there's really only mis- one mistake, as far as I can tell. Because everything after that was, it was out of their control. Right. The mistake was not believing in Christmas. Yeah. Which begs the question, what about all the other people who don't believe in Christmas? Are we to believe that, like, all, like, like, all of their neighbors, like, did that happen? Was everyone dead? (laughs) I, um, (laughs) well, that's the thing. Based on, I would, my mind, if this was a Twilight Zone episode, no, everyone else is fine. This is just, like, some sort of, like, weird time loop they've been pulled into. But then because Umi survived, her family and her village did disappear. So this is real. So, so like, how, we would know about this as a phenomenon. We would have, in, in yes. like, the human experience. Yes, if were this a real thing and it happened this way, we would know about it. Yes, absolutely. I guess that's vaguely comforting. Right, yeah. No, I can definitely assure you, Allison, this doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> right. Yet. Yet. But we'll if see. you don't believe in Christmas Chris- this year. Christmas is around the corner. Yeah. So everyone, remember to believe in Christmas, unless you don't already, in which case that seems like it's been chill this whole time. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've been fine with it. So, mm-hmm. knock on wood. I had a segment, it was called Christmas, but make it spooky. And so I wanted your opinion, like as someone who does not celebrate Christmas, like yeah. what elements of Christmas you think of as like could be in like part of Krampus's whole ethos, you know? Okay, so like what part of Christmas seems like, like it could be evil, ver- like it's evil or like could yeah. be evil. So I was thinking like a stock, a stocking that stuffs you. That could be fun. Oh, I see. Like not just like 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 what are the inverses of traditional? I was like, I don't know. I think leaving out milk and cookies is super creepy. But I agree. I mean, the idea of like leaving out dairy to begin with. I know. Like you, and it's do you just want like, Santa to have diarrhea? Yeah, and all yeah, right. And he's like in the sleigh the whole night. Again, a toilet question. Um <laughs> I think we have to believe at this point that Santa's sleigh ha- ha- is a toilet. Like it's as a built-in toilet. It is a toilet. It's like an airplane. Um, okay, so a stocking that stuff I get it. Um being trapped in a snow globe is definitely one. Yeah. Absolutely. I think like maybe a fruit cake that eats you. Yeah, I guess it's all I just like a thing and then it eats I was like a Christmas tree that attacks and eats you like I guess yeah. I'm just I'm just naming things and then being like and then they attack you <laughs> I mean that would be spooky that is Krampus's yeah. whole thing I guess that was yes. the thing is being spooky um you know reindeer feel pretty menacing oh yeah being stopped like even without bunch of reindeer. changing much about them I also didn't really realize reindeer were just real animals I feel like that's a common, like, mis- not misconception, yeah. but, like, yeah, a I don't think I'm belief alone from childhood. That stupid thing. But it's, like, because <laughs> we only, because we only really encounter them, like, culturally as, like, Santa's magic flying reindeer. Like, I yeah. forget, like, it'd be the same as if it was, like, yes, yeah, Santa's magic flying goats. And it's, like, yeah, but goats are real. Those were just, like, a story. Right, yeah. If it, it's the so same like, as, like, unicorns. Where it's, like, you could yeah. see somebody being, like, they're not real, but we sure talk about them a lot. Right. And then finally, how would you like to rate Krampus on our spooky scale? A spooky scale. Which is, of course, as we always point out, the scale of one to ten screams depicting how scary a movie is, not whether or not we had a good time watching it or it's a good film. Yes, it's a scare-based scale. I I think it's like a five-scream kind of movie. Okay, great. I think, like, you know, the fact that it's all like, demons and, and the underworld and, like, stuff that is, like, you know, fake, question mark, always takes it, like, you know, I'm always going to be more afraid of, like, there's somebody outside of your door with a knife and a gun and they're coming in to kill you versus, yeah. like, an evil being that's the inverse of Santa. I'm like, okay, well, I I already know that this isn't real, right? Um. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, you're right. It is absolutely not real. So I think I think a five, you know... I think that's, yeah, that's a good scale. You know, I'll say, I think I want to go for a, oh boy, I'm trying to think. I'm going to say a three, but I I will say I would have given it a two. Again, this is solely, I had, I thought it was cute. Like if I was like 11, I think I would have absolutely gone nuts for this movie because it's like the playing with fun, like Christmas tropes, but it's also like the the protagonist is a kid, you know. Yeah, that's fun. 
And there's no, like, gore or anything. Like, when people are, like, disappeared, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, like, seeing anyone get, like, mowed down or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say I gave it an extra point because the ending is a real spooky Twilight Zone ending. Yeah. Because I thought the ending is like, oh, he's it reveals that he's a dream. I kind of like that because I was like, I like that's what Christmas movies are. Like, they're cheesy. Yeah, it's all wrapped up in a neat yeah. little bow, no pun intended. So then I like when they were like, actually, this is, we're going to leave it on like a very creepy end note. I, I yeah. thought that was, that I, I appreciated them doing that. That is a nice touch. They didn't have to. They went the extra mile. And I just want to say, this is a gift for you, Allison. They did make another Krampus movie called Krampus Origins, which is a very funny title. That, that is we'll have very to. funny. We so will that's have my to... gift for you. Oh, okay. Maybe that's a next year kind of. I think I'll so. Op- we'll open it next year on the pod. Something to look forward to. <laughs> Until then, please. Yeah. But, you know, before, it is the holidays. A great gift for us would be if you... Uh, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Ooh, great segue. <laughs> Seamless plugging. Um, Absolutely. Follow uh, follow uh, us, Allison and Hallie, on Instagram and Twitter, but also follow the podcast at Ruined Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at ruined at theradiopoint.com. Questions, comments, corrections, general compliments, movie things that you want us to watch, movie things, you know, movies that we should watch. Um Listen, rate, review, subscribe, all of the things uh, that would be what you should get us. <laughs> but also, the greatest gift of all is if you could please, and I'm begging you here, keep you it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. 